Hello, hello. Welcome to The Bake Take, a podcast about news, culture, and just danky-ass things in general. I'm your host, Moesha. Um, I'm hoping to get a little bit more regular with uploading episodes. There's two more on the way that I'm going to be dropping hopefully next week. But in the meantime, please join me in welcoming our guest for this week, Kevin. Welcome, welcome, Kevin. I love the community. How is it? Big purr. Um, Kevin, so you're one of the co-founders of the Palm Collective, which is a Black-led coalition building group that's located here in Washington, D.C. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add about like yourself, the Palm Collective, any of the work that you all do in D.C.? Or uh, anywhere, really? Uh, so yeah, my name is Kevin Kramer. I'm the co-founder of the Palm Collective. I'm simply like... Uh, like uh, Moesha said, just the coalition of coalition building using the power, using people power through the lens of abolition uh, to center uh, queer and black people to fight for total for us all uh, through the lens of inter- also through intersectionality. And yeah, and the, everybody that's in the movement is a part of the collective. So that's from state to state, nation to nation, and all until we get like liberty and justice and equity for black people all on seven continents, like everybody is in the movement, everybody is a, a part of the collective. Uh, yeah, so I'm just your neighbor, your friendly neighborhood revolutionary. Period, I'm crying. So if you didn't know before, everyone just know now that you are officially a member of the Palm Collective. So let us know. <laughs> we're, all, we're all here in this together until like we reach liberation. Um, but I wanted to bring you on to kind of like just talk about some things that have been in the news recently. And this isn't even necessarily with like the traditional like black liberation lens, right? Um, So we've been hearing a lot in the news how we have like five years to live unless we change essentially because of the just disastrous effects of climate change and global warming, right? So whether it be through like droughts, floods, hurricanes, um, like increased heat, uh, long winters, failed crops, the erasure of biodiversity, like et cetera, et cetera. Um, Scientists are basically saying that we only have so long to kind of like turn things around before we just can't come back from it, right? Um, And it's like a I think it's like a 1.5 degrees Celsius increase globally uh, that they're saying that that we have to kind of combat and stay away from. Um, So I guess kind of to start things off, do you think that we'll be able to achieve like the goal of capping global warming at 1.5 degrees? Hell no. What makes you so like you know? Nice possible way. Hell no, because I know for a fact that big business and the politicians that sell us out to the big business are not going to deem it as urgent, deem it as important, and move with a level of intention behind securing uh, the climate crisis. Uh, that that can be seen all throughout history, and that can be seen currently. They they, they literally don't care the idea that big businesses and our politicians don't have our best interests at heart. Like, so I want to think about this on the very, on the simple level. We can't, uh, we can't account for them to provide people with housing. Right. How are you supposed to account for them and hold them accountable, hold themselves accountable to, uh, to solving the climate crisis, to make sure that climate, that the earth isn't warming from that, with that 1.5, which in actuality, they're saying the next three years it's going to hit 1.7. So, like, we're, we're already missing the margins. Uh, we're already missing the metrics. But it's also that I, I account that I have no faith in uh, our politicians to do right by us. And the crazy thing is that this past weekend, I had the opportunity to go to West Virginia, uh, which the state is just like any other state in the United States. It's devastated by poverty, homelessness, like uh, the o- opioid crisis, mm-hmm. health education like West Virginia is the number one like I think it's ranking in number one for the opioid crisis like people are dying people are dropping like flies and their state senators their governors their mayors are doing nothing behind it they've even created restrictions on the health the health resources that people need to get the uh to combat the opioid crisis those things are being limited 
And to know that uh, Joe, uh, Joe Manchin, who is uh, the sitting, uh, the seated senator for West Virginia, he is literally buying, uh, pushing policy, changing policy, and also denying policy and not backing policy that supports the climate crisis, like Build Back Better, even though that was reformative, reformative as a hell, uh, like stuff like that, because he has the best interest for his pockets. Like he, his, he has a coal plant, which he literally is, he's making, he's, he's, not even, he's not even burning coal, he's burning something called glob, so it's like GOP or something like that. And basically, in during the eighteen during during the uh, during the eighties, the federal government wanted to become less reliant on foreign energy. So his family invested money into burning the glob. So the glob was yes, you're digging for coal, but there's some coal that is not pure. It's mixed with mud and clay and other minerals and rocks and crap. And it's just like, it's, it was considered the trash of the coal industry. You know what I'm saying? It was, like, it was like a dirty diaper. It was like waste. They would just pile it up with hills of it. But you know, the, our capitalists, they, we want to do, we don't want to take the time to invest our money, take the time and invest the people's money into the right thing. So they chose knowing that this stuff was bad for the environment. Joe Manchin, he is the only provider of the glob at this coal industry. So that means if he's the only person that is selling it, the other place is the coal, the coal factory is the only place that is buying it from him. So when the coal factory does bad, he's his pockets do bad. So that's why he's taking the time to change policy and not and not even go with the Democratic Party in regards to how they're fighting for how they're fighting for the climate crisis. Because his pockets are going to get hurt. He makes $500,000 a year, y'all, off of this power plant. And when, the, when that plant was about to close, because we know that colonialism and infiltrating and stealing natural resources are not sufficient ways to have sustainable energy because the coal industry is dying. When the building was factories about to close, he increased everybody's um, electricity bill in the state of Virginia to of equivalence of one, uh, what was it, 1.5, uh, oh, $115 million collectively out of West Virginia's electricity bills. He increased it so that he could keep that plant open. Why? Because he makes 1% off of every profit made into that, uh, from that coal plant. Because that coal plant is the only people, the only business that buys his bullshit ass coal to which he makes his profit. So that's why he denied Build Back Better. That's why he's not pushing climate reform. That's why he's not, that's why he's not in the business of fighting for, fighting, for the, fighting for the environment because he's making money from killing us all slowly. Well, some of us very fast because West Virginia is suffering from black, uh, black lung cancer disease or something like that. And he knows that it makes it even more worrisome is that he he knew how bad west virginia was before he became the governor before he became before he is now the acting senator why because he is from west virginia he lives there his family lives there they run the whole goddamn state damn near and they literally don't care they they put their profit over people's lives now you were saying earlier that you know they have like taken away from healthcare uh, services in, in West Virginia, but I bet like at the same time they're increasing the tax cutoffs that they give to Joe Manchin. And um, you know, with all of this, I wonder if he is providing any services, even if it's mental health services. Not there is not. What is so sad, it's the level I'm being outside and standing in solidarity with this community and seeing all these, you know, coal factory worker, white elderly people come out and just say how they're being dicked over and how they, they the reason why they voted for him because he's considered a, a Democrat, a moderate Democrat, even though blue and white, blue and red don't matter. He, like, he just doesn't have their best intentions in heart. Like, he, he, he takes... He takes just as much money um, from his from his Republican uh, constituents in his neighbor in his, in the state of Virginia as as if he was a Republican politician. Right. That's what, 
takes from his Republican constituents, even though he's a Democrat. So it's the the healthcare system is horrible there. People people are literally dying because they don't have access to insulin. Seventy if if he he didn't even vote for the child. Um, Remember that three months the federal government gave uh, people that had children if during during the pandemic, like the child tax credit. Yeah. He I, he did not vote for the child tax credit, even though seventy percent of poor children in his state would have benefited from that. I'm talking about four million people. That's how that's how that's how that's how intentional this and, and how intentionally and violent this is. That they state him and the rest of them. They literally do not care. So we cannot hold no faith in that they're going, there's no political saviors. We can't have, I don't care, I don't care from across the spectrum. Like there is no political saviors and none of them have our best interest in heart. All they see is white and all they see is green blue. And I'm not talking about the green of these trees. They don't care. Because if they did care, we wouldn't be going through the stuff we're going through. People wouldn't have to be standing outside in front of a coal plant. Like, Three, people caught felonies for that in West Virginia. People were brutalized. People were thrown to the ground. It was the level of violence that was for people just coming to, you know, disrupt their day. That the coal plant, some one of the um, one of the community members testified and said that when the coal plant shut down for two weeks, two weeks, no one's power went out. So, what, so where is it serving? What, right. what purpose? Nothing. It is literally for the benefit of the Manchester, the Manchester mansion in his, you know, his little dynasty family. And this is the one. And these are the one percent. These are the these are the individuals who fuck up the environment, and then the people who are least responsible for it suffer the most, which is black, brown, indigenous, non-binary, uh, feminine, and masculine in, individuals. Like these, but we are the people who suffer the most when big when politicians sell us out to big businesses. I'm happy you brought up that point because I was just gonna ask, like, basically where the intersection of environmental justice and racial justice lies, and that's like it, right? Like where it goes back and it's affecting like black, brown and indigenous people the most. And um, that's something where we see with like uh, line three, it's on indigenous land and it's going to affect or it's going to affect all of us, right? Um, in the in the long run where there's going to be, you know, more carbon produced, more fat in the atmosphere and just more uh, or less uh, land conservation. And this is something that the natives have been preaching since, you know, encountering white people, right? Um, and so I guess um, I was just wondering if you could like speak a little bit more about like the intersection of racial justice and environmental justice. When we, when we think about intersectionality, first thing, we have to be willing to see the vision of equity and justice for ourselves. That means first thing, before we even talk about being a co-conspirator to somebody, because we also need to understand that co-conspirators are not just for white people. Anybody can be a co-conspirator. We are all co-conspirators to each other's issues and movements and, you know what I'm saying, and fights. So having a vision of justice and equity for each other means stepping outside ourselves, having a level of openness and having a level of vulnerability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and experience the world. And not just experience the world, see the world through the lens in which they see it. Because if you're unable to be knowledgeable and also put your heart on your sleeve to see the world the way they see how the fuck are you supposed to pull up and fight for somebody when you can't even see them to validate them so first thing you have to see we have to see each other and validate validate each other's struggles uh and and, and in that this is where we start to see the intersectionality where you can be like that's like being that's like being uh you start to see that in the climate crisis like in, if we're fighting, for, we're fighting for climate justice, climate justice is racial justice solely because black people are the, we will be the most affected, are the most affected by the climate crisis in regards to our healthcare, in regards to our asthma, in regards to our skincare, in, regard, in, in regards to the sun, in regards to the incinerators being built near our communities. I'm in Wilmington, Delaware right now and my house lives three blocks, three blocks from an all-male prison and five blocks from the fucking incinerator. That's why our rivers in urban cities are polluted. 
they say they clean that water and pump that water right back into our uh, communities. So it's just, it's all, it's all very strategically tied in together. And then when you see the atrocities that happen throughout the city, like, you know what I'm saying? Through the stuff we saw on the East Coast, the, the floods and the hurricanes that we see detrimenting the, uh, the 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 golf you know so when we think about katrina you know so when we think about all the hurricanes that hit texas uh a, a summer and a half ago when we think about when we think about the fires burning and like all the different atrocities that are happening environmentally in the united states look who the people were most affected and even even when it gets down to like it's the same thing when we think about COVID. like yes there was a pandemic but the people that suffered the most from the pandemic were the people that were already in the most in the in the most marginalized far off Conditions. Most vulnerable people. Most vulnerable people will always suffer the most. And that's what we're seeing. And not just in the United States, but exploitation of vulnerability is across the board, all across the world. Look at the black and brown countries. Look at the violence that's happening there from the climate crisis that are being committed against them. And they, are, and they don't even make up a dent of what is happening to, to the carbon emissions that are being sent, submitted into the air. So it's just be it's just understanding that yes, we're black, but if there's no planet, what life are we fighting for? You know what I'm saying? What whose lives are we fighting for? Every like before COVID, before COVID, people were dying. What is 700 people were dying a day? 700 people are dying a day in the United States, or within a week in the United States. That was just from hunger. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just it's really it's really understanding that if you want to have freedom justice and equity in regards to the climate crisis you need to understand when it's garnered for black and brown people for the most marginalized people you will receive it why because justice doesn't start from the top justice starts at the very bottom so that means you have to you have to reach so far down at the bottom for everybody else to receive equity and if you think that i'm lying if you think that i'm wrong i want everybody to look at their lives Everybody in this whole motherfucking world gets to go, gets to experience this um, nation through the education system because black people put their lives in the line. People get to go ride any public transit they want in this whole fucking country because black people put their lives in the line. Everybody has the so-called right to vote, even though 48 out of 50 states have voting rights suppression because black people put their lives in the line. You, you are able to go marry who you want to, race and gender, because never forget Master P. Johnson, because black people put their bodies on the line so that all i'm saying is that because of those even those even though the civil rights movement and the uh, and the abolitionist movement and the like all those even the 13th 13th 14th and 15th amendment even though all those things are very reformative when we were centered reformatively centered look at all the freedom it garnered for other motherfuckers look at it look at your life because we were centered and imagine what, what what life would be really like if we were actually centered. Yeah, you know, like literally raising raising the bar for Black people raises the bar for like all marginalized people. Because, um, you know, like once Black people, like you said, had the right to vote, everybody had the right to vote. Like it's guaranteed to everybody, allegedly. Um, <laughs> uh, but like to bring things i guess like with the the environment and just like racial disparities within like uh environmental justice and racial justice like to bring things with that home um you made me think about um uh, this uh book conversation that i had gone to a couple weeks ago with derica Purnell at uh the eaton hotel and she mentioned something that I had heard before, but like wanted to just shout her out because she's a phenomenal person. But um, essentially in Southeast DC, um, the, in the summertime, it gets about 1.5 degrees hotter. Uh, and that's because there aren't really a lot of like green spaces over in that area, right? Um, and for those who don't know, like DC is essentially divided into four, or, not essentially, um, they're very, very diverse, but there's four quadrants in DC, right? Northwest, Southwest, uh, Northeast, Southeast. And Southeast tends to be like the um, more highly black populated uh, quadrant out of the four. And so you have like the other quadrants that tend to have more green spaces and thus tend to have like 
uh, more more protection from the sun and from those rays. But you have Southeast that has a lot of concrete that's able to absorb all of that heat and then release it back into the air. And so in the summertime, it's a whole degree and a half hotter. Confusion. No, it was disgusting. It's, in, it's intentional. It's intentional. And it just goes back to what I was saying earlier that like just like there's no trust, just like there's just like there's no good cops in a racist system, there's no fair judge in a racist system, there's no trustworthy politician in a racist system. Like you know, what I'm saying I admit that there are good people, but I am not going to admit that the system, that the tool that is being used is oppressive and by nature. The politicians, the judge, the police, it's all oppressive by nature. So therefore, it has to go. It has to be abolished. And, and seeing that and understanding that is, it's also going back to the faith. How can I have faith in you? You know what I'm saying? People, people say, like, you know what I'm saying? Believe it, people don't believe in the tooth fairy. Seeing is believing. Do you see what they say to us? Do, they, do you see what they do to us? Do you see what is committed against us? How can you believe anything that comes out of their mouth? No, oh, and you even have like, uh, politicians like the new libs that everyone's rooting for, like AOC, right? Um, and while she seems like a sweet girl, you'll hear her get like all these like little internet rants or whatever. Like she'll get like her sound bit and then she'll vote <laughs> contrary to what the sound bit said, right? And it's like, okay, girl, like you just trying to get famous or like. You can fuck her too. Why? Because. I, I literally remember seeing a whole, they put a nice little video together of everybody. I don't, I don't get caught, I had to really disattach myself from getting caught up in politics because if you get caught up in politics, you'll start, have to, you'll start to have faith in the systems and start right. thinking about how they work and like how to, they don't care. Like you said, you, you, you have to have a made up mind because when you have a made up mind, you'll start thinking about how to build alternatives to capitalism instead of relying on capitalism. Like she and herself and, and all that she is and what she represents on because she chose to be, because she chose to be a politician. She could, don't tell me you choose to help people and the, and the tool you decided to have, the tool you decided to help people was being a politician. Baby, there's tons of ways to help people more, more than being a politician so that means i had that goes back to her having no faith in her like i can't account for her to care about the american people why because you're the same person that just said that you don't believe in defunding the police but the president of the united states going to get on that national tv at the state of the union and tell the whole country that he's going to increase the increase the um the police budget for for all of them no one thinks is starving get the fuck out of here and you vote for those things and you back him you know what i'm saying so I have no time for people who are going to play the games of bureaucracy. I need people who are going to have played the, who are going to agree to the terms of freedom. Go play, come back over here when you're ready to agree to the terms because it is by any means necessary. And that's not to say that, that every, that, that's not to say that how that politics doesn't work. All I'm saying is that the tool is not the uncomfortable advantage. The uncomfortable advantage is the tool. The tool has to be very broad than just voting because we don't we damn skip we know it doesn't work how the hell do we have a voting rights act boo mo mo like listen to like how do you have a voting rights act when you know that 48 out of 50 states have voting right restrictions how disrespectful and, and then in the same breath in the same breath you have black people have just surrendered the Senate, the House, and the White House to the Democratic Party on a silver fucking platter, specifically black women. But in the same breath, y'all can't get Congress together to protect our vote. Get the fuck out of here. So if the votes aren't protected, if the votes, if the votes don't count, if the people that's in the institution that's using the votes and using our power and using our taxes don't include us in the bullshit, why are we using the system? You know, all and it's a tool. All I'm saying is that there, I'm not knocking the people that go out to fight for the right to vote and or to to, to using that tool. But it's not the only tool we have. It has to how we fight for liberation has to be very diversified. What we all need to agree to, though, is that it's by any means necessary. But so yes, we're using all these tools to fight for climate justice, for fight for women's rights, to fight for liberty and justice for Black people, to fight for indigenous sovereignty to fight for health care housing every this time yes we're using different tools but everyone needs to be ready and prepared when the going gets tough and the tough gets going because it is going to come when the grocery stores close down and they're not here. when 
it's going to be by any means necessary. So what is that necessary? Same thing we have to think about the climate crisis. We need to start preparing, like for real, no bullshit. We are not included. Every three seconds a child under five dies. That's 16,000 kids a day. The number one killer is not having access to fresh water. They're literally shitting themselves to death because they don't have access to fresh water. Like literally one in three people and one in three people in Royal America live in, in poverty. That's one in three, that's Royal America. One in five to one in four in urban America live in extreme poverty. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm accounting that these people don't have our best interest in heart. They you see them, they left us high and dry. The, how can the, the president of the United States can be from Wilmington, Delaware. And knowing that Wilmington, Delaware was going through a sea of devastation, he did not part his lips to advocate on behalf of his home state. That, mean, that just shows me that the president of the United States has no sense of community or care because when his community needed him most, he left us high and dry. And if the president can leave us high and dry, just like the federal government has left us high and dry for the last 255 years of this nasty ass hellhole, that means I'm accounting them to leave me high and dry for the 256th year, 257th year. They're going to leave us high and dry. So what do we do if we know that they don't have our best interests? You know, yeah. that even makes me think about, I don't even, I haven't paying attention to see if they passed it, but do you know if they passed the anti-lynching bill? Yes, and I could have, I could have spit in somebody's face, for real. Because it, it, how, did you understand, like, I get so mad. Like, it's like, so Black people put y'all in office. Black people put all y'all in office, and y'all are debating about an anti-lynching bill and whether we should pass it or not? Fuck all y'all. Fuck all y'all. You're, baby, you are like 10 cents short. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not counting that black people are still being, black people aren't being lynched because I know for a fact we both know that black people are still being lynched in the United States of America. And I'm not just talking about by being shot by the police. I'm talking about physically being lynched. Check your, check your stories, Google it. Like black people go missing, but black people go missing and black people get lynched. But it's the it's the point to say that all the all the atrocities that are facing us is this like please miss me with your performative bullshit. Like you can go dance. I, I posted this on my Instagram recently. I think I was like you can go perform for somebody else. Like I don't have no time for the clownery. Go perform for somebody else. And and while and while you're at it, you can take Juneteenth with you. Like. <laughs> No, like no one wants these things. And and Malcolm X said it best that the that the white man, that the politicians, that they will dance in front of you. You know what I'm saying? They will they will dance to their own tune to appease you. Like you know what I'm saying? That, that's that, that's what they do. We, we got to understand that they're moving the way they're the way they're calculating the world, the way they're navigating or the way they're navigating this country. It's they're moving in a different headspace than us. Like you know what I'm saying? Like if you if um, if we think about if we think Mariah Carey, no, she's following my brain. We think Mariah Carey literally does not, um, she, like, she, like, she doesn't know how to, like, like, wipe, sweep the floor. This is Mariah Carey. Do you think that our federal government people sweep their floor? Like, right. so we understand that their brains, that, that, all, all, that comparison was just to help us understand that the way they see the world, the way they interact with the world is in a whole nother, sphere in which we're in which we're in which we're garnering our everyday lives it's different two completely different lives two, two completely different lives when all of america was needed to be bailed out which we still do when we were suffering during the covid pandemic like which we still are during the pandemic when it first started people were selling people were trying to people were losing their jobs people were furloughed businesses were cutting employees people were trying to figure out how to turn a penny into a dollar people were people were robbing peter to pay paul if united states if the united states is a business like you know what i'm saying if we care about our, our employees if we care about our capital which we you me are the capital they don't care about us that much because I've seen regular I've seen regular businesses every single day sacrifice for their employees. Congress didn't even take a pay cut, y'all. Right. They didn't even take a pay cut, knowing that people was getting evicted from their homes. But sat back arguing over stimmies. While they while they while worrying about why we don't deserve our money, that the money that you already took from us. It's and my we, money, and I need it now. 
literally. And it's when you need it the most, they're telling you you can't have access to it, that there's no accessibility for it, that we can't have freedom for education. We can't have, we can't afford healthcare education and everything under the sun, but no shade, no tea. Niggas got time to send 3.5, um, 35 billion, whatever how much money to, to Ukraine. While in Ukraine, black people aren't being permitted. Black people are sitting in detention camps right now. This is a fact. There are black people sitting in detention camps in Ukraine, and our money is going to Tom, Dick, and Harry, Marianne. And meanwhile, Blue. they got like Nazis in the government in Ukraine, like literal Nazis in the government in Ukraine, and, and in uh, leadership. But they're they're just like, oh well, you know, they're white. Um, so <laughs> this is some this is some real it's like this is some real shit, and it and it's in it's something that you can't unsee when you sit down in your chair, right? You have faith that the chair is not going to break, right? You just sit in it. You don't even think. You don't even think when you sit down. Most people, you just take. You just sit. Everybody is sitting while the federal government beats our asses. Why? Because we've gotten so. It's the level of faith that we have in them. You know what I'm saying? Like people. Yeah. And, and, and y'all, and imagine how scary is it to know that you need to think before you sit down because it, you could fall. Imagine. Think about how hard that is. This is all you ever known. And someone like me and you are telling people that they don't got your back. And the whole time you've always thought that somehow, some way that they've gotten, our, they, they have my back. If I do this right, if I vote this way, if I knock on this door. And you even have like to take this like a bit internationally and also just like link it back to environmental stuff like you have the u.s supported like regimes down in central america and like in honduras and such right and um you have the activist berta caceres in honduras who um was basically just trying to fight for land rights right like just making sure that uh these businesses that were going down there and basically like extracting the land from the people and uh polluting the land and basically just not giving people access to the, the land that they had, right? Um, and Bertha Caceres, she was basically like harassed for years, threatened for years, and she was eventually murdered in like, I believe 2014, 2015 or something like that. Um, but you go and find out like her assassins were uh, some way, somehow related to the government, right? Um, because she was trying to fight for land rights, native rights in her country, and they could not have that. Like, she was gaining way too much lean weight, getting too much attention. And, um, yeah, they basically snuck into her house in the middle of the night and took her out. Uh, there's a documentary that Al Jazeera published about her. If I can find it, I'll post it in the uh, show notes or whatever. But you just, like, see this link um and even with like the um action that you had gone to within the past couple weeks right like between like the state oppressing land rights and um climate rights and environmental rights uh for the for the benefit of profit of these businesses um and specifically with Joe Manchin, Manchin, whatever the fuck his name is, um, you have like these, or not even specifically with him, this is something that you see throughout the entire history of the United States and like policing in the United States that these police are coming here not to protect the people and the rights of the people, but to protect the rights of these businesses. And I like the wild thing to me like the wild thing to me about like how pigs protect business like property over people is that like a lot of these millionaires billionaires whatever don't fucking pay taxes like we pay their taxes we're paying their bills like why are they on their side <laughs> like, because it takes simple mind it takes simple-minded white folks and simple-minded coons to like, you know what I'm saying? I wish I had, I wish I had other particulars for the other races too, because everyone deserves it. I, it no bullshit. I, I sometimes I get very annoyed when I go out and I can only call black people coons. I wish I, asked, I wish I knew the other racial slurs for the rest of them too. When I see, oh my god, I'm not playing. I'm that. I'm being. I'm that. I'm being that. No, your, that, 
because you, I, it, uh, but my, my point You need to find like a friend that like falls under that group that can I call them call the, the slur. But the point is that they pay them. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, like, it takes a very simple, not every, we gotta understand, not everyone, everyone doesn't make it to the military. Everybody doesn't make it to become a police officer. It takes, it, they, the, do you under, do you understand? Listen to this. Like when you go to police office, when you go to, be, when you're becoming a soldier or anything, they have to break parts of you. You know what I'm saying? So you can, so you can make, fit into the fold. Like not everyone's being broken. So if you can't get broke, they send you back to the rest of the world. And, and, the, and those jobs, those careers, those, that level of the surrender, that you surrender your sacrifice, choosing to do those jobs, that level of service, where you have to surrender your humanity to people and surrender your freedom. That's, that's what you're doing. You're signing up, you're surrendering your freedom. Those are the only places, those are the only times that you're able to be guaranteed food, food water, shelter, education, and healthcare. When you're, like, imagine the benefits that come with those levels of jobs. When you surrender yourself, when you surrender yourself, so people are caught up in this idea of false freedom that they surrender themselves to these people so that they can maintain the maintain whatever they consider freedom. What we what they what they're experiencing right now? Why? Because of money. It's the same the same reasons why the, the same reasons why they commit the acts of violence against us and they protect the things they protect is because of money and, and the same reasons why violence happens in our community is because of money like it's capitalism and i will say like this is the only pig that i will ever respect but have you heard of uh, chris dorner mm -mm. So this is, they try to like, this isn't like a widely spread story, but like this shit, they try to like keep it on the low. But like back in, I think like 2012, 2013, something like that, he basically like had the city of LA shook. Uh, Cause he basically like tried to go to his supervisor and tell them of like some misdoing that another cop was doing. And they, I think, like, told him either, like, shut up about it or we're going to fire you about it if you keep talking about it. Like, something like that. And his ass, like, basically was like, nah, that's fucked up and went on a rampage and killed, like, five cops. And, like, had, he was, like, being hunted down, like, throughout all of L.A. for a few days. I want to say he was, like, on the loose for, like, a week. Um, but... He basically was a cop that recognized the wrongs in the system and tried to stand up against them and was reprimanded for them. And in turn of the violence that he was met with, he responded with violence, right? Um, and I think that that's something uh -huh. that, you know, we've got we've to gotta recognize is that although we might not experience like physical like abuse or whatever from our government on a daily basis the way that we are treated by our government the lack of resources um but that, that is like that, that is abuse like you know what I'm saying? imagine if you had kids uh um yo and you didn't feed your kids the government would come get your ass imagine if you imagine if you were, if you had children and you were throwing your children out to the streets with no food or water and neglect their homes imagine if you were a parent that kept losing your house all the time the government would come take your kids why because it's violent it's it is abuse they will tell you that you're abusing your children we are being abused we are and we need to renegotiate there is no renegotiating we need to redevelop and redesign the social contract that we have with the federal government we are in an abusive relationship with the federal government that's why we go back to them that's why we that's why we keep voting the way we vote because it's it's a psychological and also spiritual warfare people think about think about when people think about men and women that are in abuse or non-binary people that are in are or trans people that are in abusive relationships and they say why do you go back to that what do you think what do you think we're experiencing we are experiencing a toxic relationship with our government and so we, we also have to understand and to, under, to comprehend the people that we're dealing with because they have because of how they operate, the United States does a great job. The United States does, does no better than any other country in regards to oppression. Every country is oppressing their people. The only thing the United States does better as better at is maintenance. They do a really good job of maintenance. Maintenance meaning they 
to allow conditional freedoms to, to work us like pack mules. But as long as we understand that there's Target and there's Amazon that can go to Starbucks and the mall still open and the club still runs and the post office still comes and the cell phone service still gets cut off. Like, you know what I'm saying? People are willing to sacrifice food, shelter, education, and healthcare because we are living because of those crucial comforts that the United States give us, gives us. Um, what, what do you think people would do if the water stopped, the water didn't come out the spigot like in other countries? What, what would you think would you do if the grocery stores did not, people would, people would what would happen if New York had a water shortage? If New York City, the United States makes us, gets, the United States does a great job of creating a false sense of security and making us feel like we're protected and making us feel like, like that everything's okay. It's not. It's not okay. It's abuse. And they take our money and they beat our asses with our money and then tell you that, that, you, that you deserved it. How, what? Make this make sense. You, we are the capital. We are the capital. And if nothing has shown that, the pandemic did. Why do you think they wanted us to go back to work so soon? Because they, they understand that we are the fabric that keeps this shit spinning. We keep this shit on its axle. So when we decide not to go to work, the, the, it, it fucks with everything. And, if we, and that's where we have to understand the level of power that we have by being the capital. They can't move, they can't do, they can't act, they can't exist if we don't get up and go to work every day and keep this shit turning like clockwork. But it's also, like I said, also, like I said before, mosquitoes, ouch. Uh, that, that's hard to do. It's hard to do to step outside yourself. It takes, a it takes a level of openness. It takes a level of vulnerability to look up at the sky and be like, the sky is not blue, it's indigo. It's all you ever known. Because you thought the sky was blue, that's how you interact with it. That's, that's what your perception was. And what you perceived is, in that, is what you perceived is what you interacted with it like. And we have to understand, goes back to what I was saying earlier about seeing that vision of equity and justice. We have to understand that we are all not experiencing the world the same. We are not all, we are not living the same lives. And until we are able to pull up for one another and stand in radical love and radical solidarity with radical love, radical solidarity. I'm not just talking about, oh, I'm in solid, radical. We're like, be like, like, it's really, it, it really comes down to that shit that people talk about, like love thy neighbor. Like shit, I'm talking about shit like that. That's the hard stuff. That's the hard stuff. Hard That's stuff. pulling up out in West Virginia with people that might've voted for Trump. <laughs> like, Yes, yes, yes. To fight yes. for land rights. Yes, yes, because all they, they, like, I believe that people are able to be anti-racist, but doesn't, but I also have to get them to understand that they're being dicked over. Uh, like, until they understand that they're also being dicked over, they're gonna, they're gonna, keep, like, they're gonna keep falling for the, the same tricks. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're being like, dicked over. They... The they politicians dick us over with different language, right? Yeah. Um, and they can't comprehend that they're being dicked over. Why? Because I said earlier, just like this, like, like the chair in the face thing I was talking about. They have faith in the system. They put their, they have their allegiance to the system. When you start thinking, when you when you have a made up mind that this shit don't work, you move differently. You operate differently. So the, the only way we. The only way we serve, the only way we will so solve the climate crisis is if we start operating differently. I know that. I know that's right. You better get the mosquitoes too. Get me, girl. Okay. <laughs> but you know, in in an effort to move differently, how can people, I guess, like get more involved with the work that you're doing, the work that Palm Collective's doing, um, and just get plugged in with like just your work and environmental justice work overall? Pull up. <laughs> Period. Pull up. Why? Because it gets posted. Why? Like, because I, I send invitations. Like, if, I don't, I mean, if I'm not being blunt enough that I want y'all there, I want y'all there. Like, I need, I need people from the Black liberation space to see and deem it as urgent to pull up for climate justice. Also, so it can work vice versa. So they can deem it as important to come outside and sitting outside and fighting for our lives. Like, they, they, they go hand, they go hand in hand. They're not mutually exclusive. We have to do those things. So you can tap in on my on the Y series where we talk about these things and we bring and we have these uh these level 
we will use the power of storytelling to compel people to, to inspire people to find their why, so people share their why in their fight for black liberation through intersectionality. Um, climate justice is racial justice. Please tap into one of our one of our collective orgs, which is arm in arm. We have a national assembly happening on on May 23rd to the 28th. We'll be going to Georgia to be on, on to be on the front lines of climate of the climate crisis, but in Georgia. Uh, there's some I'm gonna say, I can't, there's tons of stuff coming up in regards to militarization. There's uh, helping out with Ukraine. There, I'm working on a mutual aid, uh, essential care initiative. Got that word right from you, Boo. Essential care initiative called Paper 100, which is providing uh, paper products and resources. Uh, and it's, it's a wealth it's a wealth hub, which we're re redistributing our resources to the people that need it the most through our collective wealth. It's something that we're, we're it's something that you're signing yourself up to distribute your wealth to the people that need it the most so that we can garner and go purchase the resources and then distribute those resources to the most marginalized people in the District of Columbia. Uh, so there's tons of ways to tap in. And I think, and another thing, I think the biggest thing is, is always asking for support. Closed mouths don't get fed. Like I, when we, when the way I work and the way we move is that I, we need to be exemplifying the world we want to see. So if you want to see a world that has restorative justice, trans, that has transformative justice, if you want to see a world that's more caring, that has more love, that has more compassion, that's more openness, that there are more people that are fighting to be anti-racist, if you want to see a world where indigenous sovereignty is a thing, where poor people have the freedom to live, think, express, and feel, if you want to see those things, we have to be, we have to be exemplifying them. So definitely the Kevin, the Kevin asked, and I'm saying these things, this is real shit. The Kevin that I am now talking on this phone is a different Kevin from the person I am on at home. I know for Kevin, I know for a fact that the Kevin that I am when I'm not being in the movement, I'm very petty sometimes. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can, I can be very selfish sometimes, but when I choose to engage in the movement, which is like all the time, oh, when I choose to engage in the movement, I'm holding myself to a standard to the shit that come out of my mouth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, loving people radically. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying that shit because it's cute. Like, you're like, I, I, I'm not saying I don't got ops. Like, I'm not saying I don't got, I don't have people that I don't like, but I have to love them so radically that I still need to be able to, like, I need you, I need to call you on a drop of a dime to pull up. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, we have to, because if not, if we don't, if we don't use our real lives to exemplify the world we want to be when, and manifest it and freedom dream those things that we want to see, we're going to be, we're going to then duplicate the world that we are, the reality that is. We're going to duplicate right. the movement. And when people need to understand that the movement has to be a simulation of a new world, it has to be in every capacity from the people that's just doing cookouts to the people that's uh, knocking on people's doors for voting. Like we, it has to be. We have to be exemplifying those things because if not, we are doomed to repeat the same systems. And the, the same thing is that we are doing it. When we see the pride, the ego, when we see the nastiness, the vinegar that we spread through in movement spaces and not just black people and not just in black liberation. I'm talking about across the board. I see it happen in tons of movement and different movements. When we do those things, it's because those, those attributes are a reflection of the reality that is. That is. Or the reason why in our communities, we have issues, reason why movement spaces have issues is because those movement spaces are a reflection of our communities. We have to be very cognizant not to bring in the stuff that the world has already seeped into us. We have to emancipate our brains daily. We have to critically think about how we act, what we do daily. We have to heal and, pro and promote self-care daily. Why? Because if not, we are all, we're, it's, it's, we're retraining ourselves to think different, to experience life different, to interact with people differently, to care about people differently. The most revolutionary, I always say this, the most revolutionary you can do are the decisions and actions you make for your Period. Yeah, and that's a day-to-day -day thing. That's a day-to-day, -day, yeah. every day. The climate Period. crisis, so I run a training. It should be coming up uh, for Arm and Arm. I do trainings for them, and I be training tons of hundreds of people on how to be anti-racist and all this other stuff. And I'm gonna push it out there so more people can come, but like take the training, come to the classes, like join the organizations and buy, because I see there's tons of people doing the work. We don't have to wait for the moderate Democrats and like all the people that went home 
they catch it up to us. There's a tons of there's uh, there's tons of amazing people already doing the work, and that's why I go travel to the places I travel to. Why? Because I'm building people power. We have to broaden our way. We see community. We can't just keep talking about communities in the DMV or the communities in my, my southeast is my community. No, northeast is my community. We're all in community, and, and until and right there in, that, in those sentences, that's the same way we think about my hood, my community, my this, my that. There, that's that doesn't that sound like my issues, their issues. We have to start. Uh, we have to start seeing community expanding the way we view community. If we're if once we start broadening, broaden, broadening the way we view community, we will start interacting with more people because we will start seeing them as our community. We'll start validating them. We have to. It, it's bigger. What, I need. People, I think people don't understand that we like the the losing this fight is an option. Period. You ever seen like I I don't mean to scare people I don't sound I don't mean to sound crazy either but the way I'm thinking about my freedom is very revolutionary it's very radical like I don't want to say all the things I think about day to day in my brain but it's very real and to understand that losing is an option and if we lose trust and believe what we're experiencing right now is going to be more hell to bear like definitely if you want freedom equity justice and not and not, and i want to say those broad, those broad ass terms if you want free dental if you want free health care if you want free education if you want if you want student debt canceled you know what i'm saying if you want trans queer liberation if you want indigenous sovereignty and treaty justice if you want women's rights to not even be a conversation like, like it should just be exist like people should just be able to exist in their humanity that's not that's not going to come cheap and it's not going to, and, and not saying that it's not going to come by the tools that we are all currently using. But I'm, I, what I am saying is there is going to come a time and a break where people are going to be like, no, 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 no. And you need to think to yourself, remember, these are the same people that are showing up to the courthouses with guns for haircuts and nails. Right. Well, none of that'll matter if we get past 1.5 degrees Celsius. It won't but... matter. All... It won't Can matter. We... If we don't pull it together, we will all perish together. We will all drown, suffocate, and burn together if we don't pull it together and fight for the climate crisis. And it'll Thank probably you. be in less than five years. But <laughs> Can you let people know where they can find you on social media? at the Palm Collective DC. And I think it's Palm Collective on uh, underscore on Twitter and then at the Palm Collective uh, DC on Facebook. Uh, and yeah, um, live every Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday at one o'clock for the Y series. So please tap in, join, like, you know, come share topics, come freedom think with us. Big purr. Well, super excited to tap in. Thank you so, so much for doing this, Kevin. And we will catch up with you some other time. This has been The Bake Take. Y'all stay danky yeah. as fuck. A visual for Antoine Gilmore happening on, I believe it's the 22nd of April, but I could be mistaken, but it's the 22nd of April. Don't, I always say, don't meet me there, beat me there. Big Pearl, we'll see you there. Until the next time, y'all. Mm -hmm.